welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the hosts of Community Pulse. And now here's Mary Thangball, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. So I think that conversation went in a couple different directions than we were planning on. And it was interesting, but I appreciated the honesty of it. The candor, yeah. The candor, yes. Because I think those are conversations that a number of us have been having kind of in not necessarily back channels because that makes it sound overly negative, but, but kind of having among ourselves about, you know, how do we, how do we handle our peers in developer relations who have suddenly sprung up as popular people and not necessarily um, who aren't necessarily using their platform in ways that are positive or beneficial to the rest of the community. And it was an interesting conversation to have Rachel and Marshall's perspective on what actually is influence. Right. What, what does it mean? Why is it? Versus, yeah. And what is influence versus influencer? Yeah. I, I honestly feel like we could have had that episode go on for another couple hours. Um, I have a feeling when this comes out and Jason listens to it, he is going to be kicking himself. Um, and we're not, we're not upset, Jason. We have jobs that we have to yes. do. Um, yes. He and is I out being an influencer good. right now. Um, Indeed. So he's got he's got to do his thing, and that's totally acceptable. Um, at the same time, like this was a great episode. It I really was. I say that every every fucking time, but <laughs> like this, I feel like it, it broke us out, and we kind of had a, a rhythm of very specifically uh, anecdotal episodes, and and I think that Marshall and Rachel both both brought to the table like some serious statistical evidence on what they were talking about. Um, Which is because one of the things that we talk about so often is like, how do you measure what your DevRel team is doing, what your dev advocates are are working on? How do you measure these things? And apparently, you know, as far as influence goes, there are very real ways to keep track of this. And I think that, uh, you know, I've never used Sprinkler. I've never had any of my clients use Sprinkler. Nonetheless, I think that I might be starting to mention it to people like, Let me show you why, you know, why having influence is important. Right. And why certain people might lean towards other things more than Mm -hmm. others. Well, and I think it also raises the importance of, you know, he was saying your, your influence and I'm paraphrasing here. And if I'm, if I'm incorrect or, or representing them wrongly, um, I hope Marshall will tell me and we can have a conversation about it later and (laughs) it'll fix it. Um, But my, my impression is your influence in Sprinkler is determined by who is following, what, what other influencers are following you. Right. And so one of the things we were planning on talking about that we didn't really get to was how to, how does one raise, how does one rise to the ranks of influencer? How do you get there? Right. And it's a fascinating uh, illustration to me of the fact that those of us who are influencers, who have been proclaimed influencers by other people, mm-hmm can use our platform to elevate others around us. And that by doing that, you know, by us retweeting things that we see, by us liking things that we see, by us following people who are saying interesting things and having interesting conversations, then levels them up that much further, especially given the algorithms that Twitter and other social media platforms are doing these days when it comes to, you know, these three people liked this tweet. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think, I think, to, to put a, uh, uh, an astronomical metaphor into play here, I think there's kind of two kinds of influencers, and this is kind of what Marsha was, was leading towards at one point, is, and, and Rachel definitely just straight out said it. Um, you have 
you have comets and you have meteors. Um, a comet you see occasionally in the sky and it's a fire burning across the sky. And then at some point it comes back and does the same thing again. There's consistency. A meteorite burns much brighter, much faster, and then crashes to earth. Right. And I think that's the reality of influencers long-term versus uh, a flash in the pan. Um, right. And I also appreciate what you, you were saying. I think the key to being a, 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 a comet, if you will, is using that platform to, you know, I'm going to mix metaphors like a crazy person now, uh, is to is to like smash the glass ceiling, but not build a floor then underneath yourself of a new glass ceiling, but to reach down to everyone who's not on your level and bring them the fuck up. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think that's that's the key. And I think that's the difference between an influencer and, you know, a community rock star. Right. And that's that's been one of the fascinating things to me that I've seen as I've been pulling together these RSS feeds and lists and trolling Twitter for the last year as I've been pulling together the, the DevRel Weekly newsletter is that by sorting through these, I don't even know what we're at these days, 600, 700 links per week. I'm seeing everything and I'm, I'm sure as much <laughs> as it scares me, I'm still not seeing everything, Yes, but I'm seeing a hell of a lot. And so in, in seeing all of those things, I'm noticing, you know, phenomenal tweets about this is what DevRel is, or this isn't what DevRel is from people who have 150 followers, 98 followers, 200 mm -hmm. followers. And I'm including them right alongside people like Emily Freeman and Ashley McNamara and other people who were listed in that top 10 influencers mm -hmm. that Marshall pulled up, right? And I'm doing that because I very, very specifically don't want to be highlighting just who are the people who we already know who are talking about these things, but what are the things that are being said about DevRel that resonate with me and that hopefully will resonate with other people so that we have a better understanding of what it is that we're doing and what our purpose is. And I think in doing that, it's helping other people get discovered. It's encouraging other people. It's showing other people that, you know, there's, there's other information out there rather than just the, the top 10 list, which nothing, nothing against the top 10 list. That's fine. But having, you know, gone out and looked for, for other places to find those, those resources there's a lot out there that we're missing because they're not highlighted by the influencers. And so I think it's important to be able to bubble up that information as well. Absolutely. I, I think, I think it's interesting to see too. I, I'd be curious. I'd, I'd like to have a whole other episode of this, um, but I'd like to bring like at least some of the, the top 10 that, that Marshall brought to our attention and bring them together and say how much of, because you are an influencer, how much of what you say do you moderate before you say it? Um, and I've talked to a couple of these people individually, and I know that that definitely is moderated. Like, um, no one is 100% constantly happy all of the fucking time. That is not real. Um, and this is also, you know, the whole argument between positive and negative influence. Um, part of the whole issue with social media, not just in tech, but in general, is the whole idea that perfect has to be all the time. And you only want to represent, no one's going to, and this has changed over time, but um, no one takes a shot of the shitty hamburger they bought at McDonald's. They take a, a shot of the gorgeous, you know, gourmet hamburger that they, they got in Paris, because that's something, you know, that's something they try to represent their life as, but at the same time, it's not real. Right. Right. And I think, 
I think, and this is a conversation I've had a couple different times on Twitter, there's a big difference between perfection and always being happy and being authentic. Exactly. And I think being authentic is the far, far, far more important one, right? Everyone knows you're going to have crappy days sometimes. Everyone knows things are going to go wrong and life isn't perfect and that we shouldn't be representing our lives that way. The difference is how do you handle it when things aren't going well? How do you handle it when you're having a crappy day and you want to complain and you do complain and that's fine. There's nothing against saying I'm having a crappy day and I'm not feeling great or this is going wrong or I need some empathy right now or I need hug ops or whatever, right? Right. But how do you handle it when that happens? Mm-hmm. And like Rachel was saying, you know, are you are you willing to hear feedback? Are you willing to keep the door open to say, you know what, you screwed up and be okay with someone saying that? Or are we so on our own pedestals and and viewing ourselves as, you know, well, I'm an influencer that if anyone says you're doing this wrong, we crack and can't handle the pressures. Please understand, I'm a thought leader. Please don't address any thoughts that I've had <laughs> in a negative light. Um, like, yeah, I, I feel like I have seen tweets like that from people, and not just tweets. Like, I feel like we focus way too much on Twitter. I've seen blog posts. I've seen, um, I've seen talks by people who are just kind of like, you know, beating their chests. Like, oh, I'm so awesome. Look at me. To be honest, in the long run, this okay. PJ gets deeply existential if you need to trigger warning. Um, none of this is going to matter in 20 years. Yeah. No one's going to give a shit that you tweeted that you hate the Toronto Maple Leafs after they lost the playoffs. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Um, in the rea- like, that's the sad reality of it. Like, we care so much right now. And that's why like, I think the, the driving point for all social media and most of what we do is mm-hmm. it's ephemeral. In the long run, right. a lot of this is not going to matter. Right. Um, so, you know, yes, tweet about your crappy day. You might make a new friend um, mm-hmm. who that's going to last a lot longer than that tweet. Right. And I think that's where the, the true influence lies. The true community lies is people creating relationships that are uh, long lasting and exist in a positive way far outside of the world of social media influence or, you know, conferences or meetups or anything is right. people being people and, you know, get, seeing someone you haven't seen in years and being like, Hey, how are your kids? How are you mm-hmm. doing? How's your partner? That's much more important to me than, than someone being like, damn, you wrote the sickest blog post, Joe. Right. Right. And the one thing that I would counter that with is yes, social media is ephemeral and yes, the things that we say on there don't matter in the long run, but how you treat people Exactly. While you are talking on social media matters significantly. True. And especially for those of us in DevRel where, you know, our, our career <laughs> can be made or broken in a day. If someone in seconds, in, in seconds. seconds, exactly. If someone decides I don't like that person and I'm going to start spreading rumors about them or start, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And so having, having the, the dual understanding that yes, no one's going to care if the giants won or if the, whatever sports team you want to, you want to pick won the Super Bowl or won the playoffs or won whatever we're talking about. Exactly. Or who you're rooting for, but how you're treating people 
and the impact that you can have, particularly if you do have a lot of influence or you are an influencer. And I'm going to be very careful to make that distinction from now on because they're two different things. Clearly, yes. <laughs> but, if, but if you have that platform, the way that you're handling things, the conversations that you choose to be involved in, the the tire fires that you choose to jump into without much context matter significantly because you have significant power and to be completely cheesy, but completely serious for a second with great power comes great responsibility. Right? I don't know. Where did you hear that? I have no idea. It's just, you know, a phrase that's been going around for a little while. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree with hundred percent. And that's kind of what it's like, what you do on social media, what you do in your day to day, is ephemeral but the feelings that you create positive or negative they last a long time right and that's kind of what i was trying to say uh but yeah so the idea is you know you influence i I think we think about we, we influence decisions but we also influence feelings and relationships and i think that's that's the key thing to remember like you you saying one thing and going after somebody because at the moment you don't agree with their opinion could leave a lasting impression that could lead to not getting a job uh losing a client um, you know, not getting picked up for a, a conference, a lot of different things. Um, you know, I can ruining their entire career, ruining entire careers. And I think it's difficult when, you know, sure it's a flashbang and someone suddenly has a lot more followers and there's, there's some imposter syndrome there, I think of like, how do I now handle this huge following of people? And there's also some fear, I think of, what if I now say the wrong thing? What if I now suddenly say something that comes across as stupid right. or sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about or sound, you know, pisses off the wrong person or any of those things, because suddenly there's this perception of, well, if I have thousands of followers, tens of thousands of followers, however many, if I hit a certain threshold, you know, what, what happens if I say something wrong? hmm and everyone takes me down. Right. And so there's, I think some, some imposter syndrome that goes with that. I think there's some unsurety of how to handle it. And we aren't, I mean, this is, it gets a little bit into our culture these days, but we aren't trained with, we don't have the skills on how to handle that because we have, Mm -hmm. we're the first generation to really be exploring what it means to have that type of influence. And so trying to figure out, you know, how do we handle that influence when it is ephemeral influence, but there is influence and it is significant and we have a lot of power in the moment. And how do we know how to wield that power and how do we know how to wield that influence and still remain ourselves, still Mm -hmm. remain authentic and still be presenting ourselves as who we always have been and not this, you know, perfect, always put together individual. Exactly. Luckily, I don't think I've ever projected the idea that I've all put together. Um, yeah, so, no, I don't either. I don't, <laughs> At least I, I mean, hope I don't. If this, I do, this could, call this, me on it. Yeah, this could, this could be the, the, uh, the imposter syndrome that you're speaking. I don't think of myself as a huge influencer. I think I have a lot of influence over a very small group of people. Um, and I know that my kids are not included in that group. It's very <laughs> clear that my influence has nothing to do with their lives. Um, but I think, I think here's the interesting thing. Like, to to the people that you do have influence over, you are an influencer. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like I have a hard time putting a number on like, well, you know, if you have 500 followers, 
maybe you're not that big of an influencer until you hit, I don't know, 8,000, right? That's, that's the mark or 20,000 or 30,000. And who determines what that mark is? Exactly. Like the, the people who are following you, if you are getting engagement, if you are having conversations, you have influence over those people and the things that you say matter and the things that you are connected to you have influence over and the people that you are connected to and the other people who might be seeing that, or maybe you're having a conversation with someone who has a good amount of influence over a completely separate group of people. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a number of people that suddenly qualifies you as a quote unquote influencer. It's everyone has influence over someone. All of us, if we have a public persona of any sort, social media wise are being watched. Absolutely. Not in a big brother way, but in a, like, we have followers. But also in a big brother way. But also in a big brother way. We could do a whole other episode on that. (laughs) Uh, That's a different after pulse. That's that's the uh, dark ops after pulse. There you go. We won't tell you where it is, but those of you who know, you know where it is. You know where it is. You'll find it in the dark vault. Exactly. It's on the, it's on the, it's on the dark web. Um, But I think we should wrap it up. I think this has been a great episode. This conversation can go on absolutely forever. Um, Feel free to send us your thoughts. Email us, Mm communitypulse.io. Hit us up on Twitter. Influence us. Tell us what you want on the show. Um, And we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter and PJ Hagney at Asplenic on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.